about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. The second reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Well, friends, good morning. It is fantastic to be with you in whatever way that means. This morning, we are finishing our series, Considering God's Fatherhood. We've been looking through this for a few weeks, thinking about how God is different, our Heavenly Father, from our earthly experiences of fatherhood, different as they may be. And last week, we considered how this beautiful Father of Heaven is the one who tends the flowers and the birds. He is an intimate, caring provider of all of creation and of the life we live as well. And we're going to finish this week by considering a a fantastic little phrase that comes about in James chapter 1. The Father of heavenly lights, which speaks to us of the constancy, beauty, power, holiness, and truth of God our Heavenly Father in the midst of a changing and complicated world. One of the things I've responded to when people have asked me to, to what they can pray for me in the last couple of years, really, 
has been uh, that they could pray for me that I'd be steady. Steady at home with the family. Steady as I try to do work at church as well. Steady when things are complicated and difficult and changing. You see, we really need steadiness spiritually to deal with life. What we need is a type of ballast. I don't know if you know what ballast is. I don't really know. I don't really know much about this. But ballast is something that uh, is in the hull of a boat. It's a weight. It's, uh, in the case of a big cruiser, the flooding of water so that the, the boat settles with a slightly lower center of gravity. And that means that when the waves come back and forth, it's not as easily overturned or overbalanced. In sailboats, it's connected to the keel, and they just wait at the bottom. Ancient people put rocks in their boat to, to give ballast and balance to it in the midst of things. Let me stop talking about things I don't understand, boats. Let's start talking about souls. Souls need ballast. But water and rocks won't do. Actually, the ballast we see in the human soul or for the human soul from James 1 today is God the Father of heavenly lights, God the unchanging, God the high king of heaven. God's fatherhood provides a type of ballast and balance to us as we seek to live life. We are to rest, anchor ourselves and our souls in him. So let's have a look at that today from James chapter 1. I have four things about this ballast or what it means for God the Father to kind of provide that stability to our souls. And the first thing we see in this chapter in verses 16 and 17 and a bit before as well is that we are not to be deceived. Every good gift is from above. Verse 16, don't be deceived my dear brothers and sisters. In the complications of life, it's very easy for us to think that God our Father is not good. God our Father is more complex. Particularly when we look on the evilness we see happening in ourselves and in our world. But James wants to say very clearly that God our Father is not changed by what's happening. Now, the context of verse 16 and 17 is the whole chapter of James 1. And it feels a bit hodgepodge. But the whole chapter kind of centers on one word. It's this Greek word, parasmos. It's the word that Jesus uses in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from temptation, deliver us from parasmos. And James uses it in two different ways because it actually has two different meanings. Have a look. Here's that, the verse we're considering. Uh, we'll get back to that. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. That's the word parasmos. Because having stood the test, Prasmos again, that person will receive the crown of life. When tempted, same word, no one should say, God is tempting me. So in the midst of life, what will happen are trials, calamities, difficult things will befall us. And those things, in the end, kind of show up what is inside us. They test us. They show us what we're made of, like, Metal in a fire, testing its purity. But the other way you can use parasmos is not of things that come from the outside, but of things that are allured from within. Temptations. 
when we are feeling enticed towards something evil. They're two really different meanings of the one word, but James uses them side by side because basically we experience them together. We experience these moments when things befall us that really test us. They really show up what's really inside us. And what begins to happen is that actually what we find is we are tempted toward evil. I don't know about you, but even just the the slight uh, increase of intensity in lockdown just brings out a little bit more of the worst in me. In a whole bunch of different ways. My patience, my self-control, all kinds of things come out. So in the midst of trials, temptations come as well. But what James wants to say is, in the midst of that, you cannot say that God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. When we find ourselves under pressure, falling into sin, it's not God who is enticing us to sin, and God himself can't be enticed by evil at all. In fact, James goes on to say, actually, that comes from within. By our own evil desire, he says, we are enticed. Dragged away, that's a feeling that I know, being dragged away by my own desire, enticed by it. And then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin eventually gives birth to death. But notice where it all starts, not out there, but in me. Evil has its source in me. And then he says, you know, in the midst of this, in the midst of these trials and these temptations, do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above. The evil we see is not in God our Father, but in us. We are to look on Him as the constant, unstoppable giver of good gifts. Even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of temptations, these don't come from Him, they come from us. Calvin says, this is an argument from what is opposite. For as God is the author of all good, it's absurd to suppose him to be the author of evil. To do good is what properly belongs to him and according to his nature. From him all good things come to us. And so the first thing we have to look upon is this, this complete center that in a world of trouble, our Father is always good is always giving good gifts. He's never tempted by, nor tempts us with, evil. And we are to center ourselves upon this constant giving and goodness. But how can we be sure of that? How can we be sure that God himself, God our Father, is not tempted by evil? that in the midst of the difficulties of our world, he won't get dragged into it, so to speak. Well, that's when we dwell further on this. That's a lovely title. The Father of Heavenly Lights. Picture using that in your prayers tomorrow. Oh, Father of Heavenly Lights, be with me today. Steady me today. Help me today. Forgive me today. Oh, Father of Heavenly Lights. I think in this short phrase, we see that he is our Father, the Father of Light and perfection, and truth, and beauty. 
You see, I think when James uses this phrase, he's telling us much more than God made the stars. There's a lot more in that than this. Let me take you through how this works in Scripture. Here's that beautiful phrase in the verse, in context. Coming, every good gift perfect is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. You know, in Genesis 1, we read, God said, let there be light. And there was light. He is the author of all light. He is the Father of all light. And in particular, verse 14 and 15 of Genesis 1, he, he sets the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky. Yes, he is the father of the lights we see above us. He is their creator. He is their owner. He is in charge of them. He names them. But isn't it interesting how Genesis 1 talks about the creation of light, but actually the stars are set in place later? As if Genesis 1 verse 3 is speaking about more than just the lights and the sun and the moon. What does it mean then? Well, as you look through the Psalms, you see actually light is a characteristic of God himself. You are radiant with light. Psalm 76, or common throughout Scripture, let the light of your face shine on us. Light is this kind of uh, a way of describing something about the character and nature of God himself. Here's my favorite one, 1 Timothy 6, Paul speaking. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Who lives in unapproachable light. This is God our Father. We have seen the face of Jesus Christ. But no one will see the face of God the Father. He dwells in unapproachable light. Which is a way of describing the intensity of His beauty, of His holiness, of His truth, of His purity, of His blessedness, of His righteousness, of His utter otherness of his utter inability to be anything but good and perfect all the time and in every way, of the inability for evil to even come near him without being burned to dust. He is unapproachable because of his absolute otherness from evil. He is not just the father of the lights we see in the sky. He is the source of all that is morally perfect and beautiful of everything holy and good, turn to their highest intensity of perfection and light and beauty. This God is not tempted by evil. Before this God, evil will not, cannot, finally stand. And this is one of those moments where we need to come and, 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 and find again all at the perfect holiness of God our Father. This perfection is the source of His unchangeable goodness toward us. We need to depend upon, stand in awe of the majestic nature of His perfect presence. 
that really we can only approach him by the mediation of Jesus Christ, his blood, his prayers, and by the Spirit inside us. But for these things, we might, we might never approach him. And see, this is the source of something that really provides comfort for us, that really provides ballast for us, steadiness for us in the things of life. Because if this is true of God our Father, then He does not shift and change like us or like the circumstances we find ourselves in. Rather, in the midst of everything, He is the one untouchable, unchanging one. The one who is not altered by the things that happen to us. So James says, who does not change? Like shifting shadows. Just earlier in the chapter, he's described the, the way the human heart and life gets tossed back and forth like waves in the sea. That we doubt and are, are unsteady. He's just spoken of the evil desires that drag and entice us and move us and, and pull us this way and that. That does not happen to God our Father. He is the one unstoppable regularity in the universe. He is above the chances and changes of the world. Things that happen here do not alter Him. Do not change Him. He is the one unshakable thing in life and therefore we can always depend on Him. To give good gifts. We can always depend upon the fact that he is morally perfect. And I think actually this provides hope for us. Sometimes I think we really want God to be very close to us. We want him to be in the fray. We want him to be suffering with us, alongside us. And they're all good things. And God does promise to be near us and never to abandon us. But there is great hope and great comfort in the unchangeableness of our God that helps us in the difficulties of life. Samwise Gamgee in the Lord of the Rings books knew this. At this one pivotal moment when everything's getting dark and difficult, he looks up and high up above the mountains, he sees a white star twinkle. And Tolkien says the beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of the forsaken land and, and hope returned to him. For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. God, our Father of heavenly lights, is the light and high beauty forever beyond high up our reach that guarantees to us that everything else is a passing shadow that nothing in the end will touch him. Nothing in the end will alter him. Nothing in the end will change his 
purpose and plans. That actually there is much greater hope in him being above the fray than him just being stuck in here with us. That actually like the, the sailors who used to in the dead of night and the storms of sea guide themselves by the steadiness of the stars above so we can steer through life on the steadiness that God our Father is not changed and everything is a passing shadow next to him. This is great comfort. In fact, Paul goes on in a different part of Scripture to talk about how the Father of Jesus Christ is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. The reason why he can comfort us and have compassion upon us, the reason why he draws near to us in the fray is because he is above the fray. Because he's not dragged into the mess with us. Because the evil that happens in us and around us does not taint him. And so he is our great hope, our unshakable point of confidence and constancy and steadiness. And we need not think him austere and far off, but holy and good and near. This is how he provides a ballast for us. This is how he provides us with steadiness. By this clear vision of his unshakable perfection. But how does he help us? And how can we be sure that in the end he will be good to us? Well, this is where James says something stunning. That this high, unapproachable Father of heavenly lights, who reigns us with good gifts, has given us the best gift. When what? He chose to give us birth, verse 18, through the word of truth. He chose. He's implanted his word in us to rebirth us. We who are filled with our own evil desire, dragged and enticed, pressed down by the pressures of life and drawn into evil, what does he think of us, this holy, beautiful God? Well, he chooses purposefully, lovingly, directly to, to remake us, to rebirth us, to renew us through his word. It's beautiful the way James puts it. God, in verse 18, wants to do the reverse of what our desires do to us. In verse 14 and 15, we're dragged away by our evil desire and enticed. And, and that desire gives birth to sin, and sin gives birth to, to death. But God, our Father, plants His Word in us. And that gives us new life. And that new life is just the first fruits of a whole new project of complete renewal of all things. He plants something new that brings life and then life beyond life. He is reversing the evil inside us and the decay of our world. Here the unapproachable one steps into the fray, into the mess of our own hearts to remake us because he is the perfect giver of good gifts. And it's wonderful that he does it by his word because God's word carries the word of our Father carries all his perfections with it. 
In Psalm 19, there's this beautiful list of what God's word is, and it's perfect. It's trustworthy. It's right. It is radiant with light, as God is radiant with light, it is pure as God is pure. It's enduring as God is enduring. It's firm as God is firm, and righteous as God is righteous. And when he plants his word inside us, he plants his light as well, and his beauty and his perfection and his truth. And it rebirths us from the inside out. This, his word to us, is the ballast he gives. He gives his very light to us, his very truth to us, the perfection of his being to us through his word. And it ignites in us a sureness about who he is, what he is like, what he will do, even as he remakes us. I love it how James says in verse 21, Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept what the word planted or grafted or inserted in you. It's not like we need to grasp after the Father to, to, to make ourselves better in our own strength. No, He has planted His very perfect Word in our hearts. And all we have to do is humbly accept it. Humbly receive it. Humbly receive this ballast for our souls. This steadying Word of who our Father is in the highest heaven and toward us. This Word that He spoke perfectly in his son who carries all the perfections of God the Father, who is truthful as his father is, pure as his father is, righteous, carries all of the father's perfection into the fray of this world, was killed by the evil desires of others rather than the evil desire in his own heart, that he might plant himself by the spirit into your heart assuring and confirming his perfect father in heaven who is beginning a new work in you and is remaking you friend i don't know what is filling your soul right now but i guarantee that it is not steadying you in the way that God, our Father, through His Word and by the Gospel of His Son, longs to steady you. It's time to stop and to humbly receive again the perfection of your Father through His Word. Stop and center your soul in what He has promised to you to remake you, to renew you, and this whole world. He is above the fray. And yet he is near to you today, steadying your soul. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church Podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.